In truth, there is a long list of things you shouldn't do if you're trying to build a brand on social media. But today for brevity, we're going to talk about three of the big things you might be doing wrong right now online while trying to attract people. You've made it this far in your career, but is something holding you back from getting to the top? We're ditching the culture of competitiveness. We're women working together to help other women. We are Think Tank of Three. I'm Audrea, your business development coach. I'm Julie, your digital marketing strategist. And I'm Catherine, your media and public speaking expert. Three women from different backgrounds coming together to empower, support, and encourage other women professionally and personally. Let's do this together. Hi, I'm Catherine. I produce The Best You. That's my mission in my company, and I'm joined by Audrea and Julie, as always. One of the first things I do when I work with a new client is look at their online brand, their social media accounts. What does their digital footprint look like? And today, Julie, Audrea, and I are going to highlight three really important things you could be doing wrong online right now while trying to attract people personally and professionally. So listen up if you're looking for a job, trying to attract new clients, customers, people to like your brand, and even dating online. This is gonna be a big help for you. All right, number one, the first one we're gonna talk about is negativity. Audrea, do you wanna take that one? Yes, so I think this is a really important thing to discuss when talking about what your professional online you know, persona is. There is nothing worse than that person who is the victim, the perpetual victim. You all know them, they're the ones who say like, oh, sick again, dang it, why does it keep raining? Oh God. I mean, like there's so many opportunities where people will just talk about how all of these things happen to them. And when they talk about how the world happens to them and they're a victim of it, they don't come off sounding like they're problem solvers. They don't come off sounding like um, they have any control over their lives. They're definitely not someone that someone else looks to and thinks like, oh, I really want to hire this person. Um, So I think being the victim in your related, in your posts is really problematic. It's important to take a proactive productive stance. I think when, when bad things happen or just don't share them at all if they're negative. Yeah. And can I say something really fast? Like just when you said happens to them, I think for our audience, I just want to mention something that came into my life recently. Someone mentioned this, that they like to say to their teams at work, things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And this is really cheesy to some people at home, but I I like that you guys are like nodding your heads because it truly is like, you might get sick. You might lose your job. You might break up with your boyfriend, but you know what? That might be happening for you because there's something greater coming or you're just getting stronger. So it's really hard to know that when you're in it, but something is happening for you. So when you're out there, like, you know, like you said, it's raining again. Why won't the sun ever come out in Chicago? Or my boss sucks. Like, first of all, your boss is probably going to see that. So why are you putting it out there? And, And it's being the victim, that victim kind of language doesn't make you look like a great leader in general. And you're also not going to get what you're looking for, right? So if you're out there with this victim lens mentality and you're just complaining about everything and you're powerless and you're hopeless and you're stuck, you're not going to get the response you're looking for because what you're looking for is someone to say, oh, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. It's not your fault. You know, we can, you know, I'm here for you. Let me help you. If, if that's what you're looking for, if that's, you know, if, you're, if you really are in this mentality where you do feel down and you do feel stuck and you're not feeling, you know, you're feeling that negativity, 
reach out to your tribe. We talked, you know, last week about your tribe, you know, reach out to your tribe directly, not in a public way where you're just putting it out there for the world and hoping that someone will respond. No, reach out to that person or, or, you know, a therapist, you know, someone who can help you in a very positive way. You know, so think about that. If you're really looking at the world with this victim lens, because you're not going to find the responses you're looking for online, because what happens, you know, we're talking about your brand. What happens with that negativity? People tune it out. They stop following you. They mute your posts. So maybe they're not disconnecting from you in a way that you can see that, but they're not going to interact in the way that you're looking for. So, and then if you are a part of, whether it's your personal brand or a company brand and you're out there, you know, even as a person and you're posting on your, you know, maybe your private page about all of these things of being the victim, that's going to hurt your company brand. Because, you know, as, as both ladies have said, you don't look like you're a leader. You can't solve problems if you're out there just looking at the world from this negative lens. So, you know, you really need to turn that around. I think another thing that really strikes me as problematic is is arguing online. Now, I love a healthy debate. Anyone who knows me knows that, right? But at the same time, like when I see someone like really bashing someone online or calling names or, uh, you know, you're, you're arguing about politics online, unless you are in the political realm and it's a very like CNN style debate, it just makes you look negative. It makes you look catty. I just don't find that I ever see that and think, oh, this person is really educated on the issues, right? Like arguing online is not the same as having a healthy debate and it just doesn't make you look great. And are we really going to change anyone's opinions, right? Especially if we're arguing on, on Facebook. Are you there? Are you like giving this educated answer or posting, you know, are you really trying to change someone's opinion or are you just bashing someone? There's a difference there. There's a difference between speaking out and sharing, you know, your thoughts on maybe a controversial issue or something that's happening, standing up for something versus just arguing for the sake of arguing or bashing other people and being negative. I tell clients all the time, do not talk about your political views, et cetera, if they could be polarizing because you could lose, you know, customers, unless specifically, like you said, Audrea, you are running for office or if it's something that's specific. But I have to tell you, like, this is something that we all talk to clients about, but yet I got really sucked into this this week because there's this guy who's like not going to win, but he's trying to, he's running for some local office in, in the area that I live in. But he was saying just really awful things about women. And I, <laughs> It was on Facebook and I really got sucked in and I found myself an hour later, like just getting so hot and bothered and obviously not doing what I had to do that Wednesday, which was work. And I had to like unfriend him and block him because I'm like, I just didn't want to get sucked back into it. It's not good for my brand. Like, why am I doing this in the middle of the day? And also it's like, I'm wasting time. Like he is not going to win. He, I'm not going to convince him not to run for sheriff, you know? So it was just like, why do we need to do that? So it's definitely something that we all tell our clients not to do, but I got sucked in. Clearly hurting his brand. If he's the one out there bashing women and he's negative, I mean, you keep saying like, he's not going to win. Well, gee, I wonder why if he's out there on Facebook bashing women and, and portraying this negative brand, of course he's not. Totally. And I, I, one of the things I opened up with them, like I have secretly, you know, I've helped political candidates. Like I have a client right now who's a political candidate running. And I told him, I'm like, basically you're helping your opponent by talking about what you're talking about. Absolutely. But anyway, 
neither here nor there. I totally blocked it because it was a waste of my time. And that's probably what's happening with you at home if you're doing this. It's different. If you, if there's a major political national thing that you want to make a difference and you could donate to, or um, you're trying to raise awareness, that's different. If, if But I, you're right. I think those are the key elements that, if, you know, there, there are so many things happening in the world today, in, in politics today, right? Like we are, right now in America, we are in a time of like, heavy visualization on politics. And it, we're not saying you can't engage in those discussions, but think about how you're engaging. If you feel really strongly about an issue, any issue, and you want to share it on your brand, fine, but do it in a way that is supportive and uplifting for your mission, not in a way that's bashing the other side. Because first of all, Everybody has their own story, their own history, their own reasoning for thinking the way they do or feeling the way they do or responding to politics the way they do. And so you don't want to be that person that is bashing someone else. You want to be the person who is uplifting your cause. And I think that that's, that's, that's what's missing right now as I look at like people I know on, on social media, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, right? It's, it's not about having a thoughtful argument or debate based on what you believe in or having an uplifting response. It's really, I'm upset, I'm offended by this, and I want everyone on the other side to know how ridiculous I think they are. And that's just like, you know, like Julie said, one, you're not going to change their mind, especially not on like Facebook or LinkedIn. And two, you know, you're hurting your brand. The other thing that I think is really damaging is when you argue with your customers or complain with your customers. And I am such a victim of this. You know, I work with attorneys day in and day out. I love my attorneys. I love working in a law firm. But when I get, I can't tell you how many times I've like started to write lawyers. Am I right? And then had to like delete it and be like, why, why am I like, <laughs> why am I putting this out there? Right? Like all it takes is one bad day for me to be like, every lawyer ever is killing me. It's, and it's so ineffective and it hurts my brand. I am a professional. I work with lawyers day in and day out. I am really good at working with attorneys um, and I find them really valuable and everyone has a bad day. But you know what? The world does not need to know that like I had a super catty moment. It, just, it certainly doesn't help me work with lawyers the next day when, you know, when they see that, because this is all public, you know, there's no such thing as true privacy if you're online anymore. And complaining with customers, you know, if a business is out there, we're talking, you know, we're talking a lot about personal brands, but your professional brand too. I mean, that can just, that can send your business down the tank right away. Um, very few businesses, you know, every once in a while, we get a tongue in cheek moment where business brands do this really well. Like recently when IHOP changed its brand, right? Did you all see Wendy's response on Twitter and the back and forth? And I always hold my breath when something like this happens because there's always that chance that this can go so wrong for either brand. And, and for those of you listening who maybe haven't heard about this, of course, IHOP went through its major rebranding, deciding to go and um, with burgers now. And so Wendy's tweeted out, can't wait to try a burger from the place that decided pancakes were too hard. And, you know, 1300 retweets, you know, within just like, you know, a short time of putting this out there and, you know, and, and the fans were just going crazy. And, um, and then I have, of course, responded saying, we don't want any beef with you. We just want to share our beef with the world. Right. Okay. And so Wendy's responded, welcome to the neighborhood with a wink face. So that is an example, but how often does that actually happen when it real when it works out? Right. And we're talking major iconic brands here. We're not talking, you know, 
no offense, but you know, the, the three of us, you know, sharing things and, and so, and arguing, and, th- and this again was tongue in cheek, but actually bashing other brands, bashing clients, um, that negativity, again, we go back to, it just doesn't work online and it does more damage than it does. No matter what you're thinking in that moment, no matter how hot and frustrated you are, it is not going to do your brand any good. And I think it's really important to think about where you're talking to clients and customers in in a public space and how that affects. So I used to work at an organization where the CEO regularly responded to comments and it was, it was great, right? If someone made a comment, uh, he would respond so that he would show engagement. But if he started to disagree, he was so good at saying, I think we just disagree on this. And other people that he would argue with would start to bash him. And it was so shocking to me every time I would read it. Now he was kind of a polarizing figure, so I get why people would be upset with him, but he ended up looking like the perpetual professional because his response was, I think we disagree. I see where you're coming from. I respect it, but I disagree. Whereas the other parties would be like, you don't know what you're talking about. and just look like children. And and this is your brand, right? Like this is your professional space. Do you really want someone reading through the comments and thinking that you can't have a professional disagreement online. That's such a great point too, because it's not just what you're saying, what you're putting out there, but what happens when you have a customer or someone else that bashes you or disagrees with you? And and here's one actionable item. You know, I think that was a great idea what your example did of, you know, saying, I just think we're going to have to agree to disagree, but also take the conversation offline. If there's a customer who is unhappy with service, a client who doesn't like a bill, you know, whatever that might be, you know, you can respond in a public way by saying, you know, we're, we're sorry, you don't have to say you're sorry, but you know, something to the effect of, you know, we're sorry, you were unhappy, you know, please reach out to us at email address or phone number, you know, we'd like to make this right. And we'd like to talk with you further about this. Just take that conversation out of the public eye. That's a good point, Julie. And if you don't, you could also say, you know, like you said, not, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, you're feeling this way or whatever it is acknowledge that they have these feelings, but then also say, we're private messaging you right now, or we're, we're going to, you know, we're reaching out. So that way everybody else who's watching too sees, look at you, you're dealing with things quickly. You're on it. You're reaching out to that person. So, and you're not just deleting it because they see it. They, everybody knows when you're censoring your page or when you're deleting things, but you are on it. Um, another thing to watch, and I've had to be, I try to be really careful about this when I, need to reach out to a utility or an airline or something. If you are doing business and you're trying to attract clients or customers, or you are the CEO or VP or something of your company, remember what you do personally on your social media accounts reflects on your company. So if you have a bad flight or it's late, you just you know, tweeting out how pissed you are that your flight was late and you want your money back because you know that Southwest is going to, you know, see your tweet, that's not the best way that you probably want you to be seen in your brand. So because I know that these brands, especially utilities, airlines, they are monitoring Twitter. So I know that I can get a hold of them faster that way than by calling a 1-800 number. But I try to be very, like I will write, I know it was a really terrible day. Um, I know there was terrible weather delays. Just checking on X, Y, and Z. I try to say to the company, 
I know this was a difficult day for you. I'm just looking for help and I haven't been able to get a hold of, you know, you through your 800 number or um, something else. Cause I had that with like a utility comment. And I just said, you know, I've been trying to get a hold and I know that you guys are swamped. You're a very busy company, but if you could please reach out to me, that would be great. Boom. I got a direct message from them right away. I wasn't like, you guys suck. You have terrible customer service. That's really important because, you know, yes, it matters. You want to be a good person to that utility, but also think about all those people who are watching you, watching you communicate on Twitter. Make sure you're being careful with how you're complaining on Twitter to somebody because people are watching. You know, I think that actually brings up a good point if we sort of slide this over into the personal, Catherine, right? Like how you present yourself in a personal stance, not just your your public persona is important as well. So I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about, about that. Absolutely. So some people I've had clients because I do, you know, produce the best you. Sometimes it comes into personal things. People have asked, you know, I'm in my forties, I'm in my thirties, I'm having a difficult time dating online. You know, I do write content. So they've actually asked me to help them with their online dating profiles. And I had some great advice from an amazing dating coach. And I'm going to make sure that um, we'll link to it in our, in the blog that will be um, along with this podcast. And that dating coach is Bella Gandhi and she's from Smart Dating Academy. But she gave advice about writing very positively in your online dating profile. So if you're trying to find a partner, you know, remember that these things that we were talking about, like Audrea said, they definitely have something to do with how you personally write things in your dating profile. So if you at the top, and I've seen this with women sometimes and men, where at the top they write, here's what I'm not looking for. I'm not looking for, you know, some guy who can't pay his own bills and is constantly late and won't text me back after the date. You know, if you put that up there at the top, like here's what I don't want, this makes you look like you are just super dramatic. You are very negative. You have a ton of baggage, which we all have baggage. We all have drama, but putting it up there on the top, that is not the way to start a relationship or a conversation with somebody, whether it's a brand or somebody you want to date. So being positive, like her advice was literally, you know, because she was giving me advice when I was in my thirties and she said, right, right at the top first line, I like to have fun. I like to laugh. I like to have a good time. And at first it was very difficult for me to write that way because I'm a serious woman. I wanted a serious guy who I could have a serious relationship with. And she was like, don't write that. Because I, I was one, I didn't say like, here's what I'm not looking for. But I said, you know, I'm looking for a man to, to have, you know, a real relationship with who wants a marriage and wants a house and possibly children someday. And she's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa that's a lot off the top. Guys just want to have a good time. <laughs> like talk in their language. <laughs> so it was really, really great advice. Well, and I love what you're saying too, because think about it, like all of these things we're talking about as far as negativity. I mean, if you're being the victim, if you're arguing online, if you're arguing with customers, if you're writing a dating profile full of things, all of the things that you don't want, I mean, I think it's time to stop and think about how negative you are and how it's affecting your life because we need to turn that around. And at the same time too, I feel like there could often be this sense of false positivity, if you want to call it that. I mean, how many people do we see that lift themselves up by putting others down, right? And so this whole concept of like, you know, you're talking about how great you are or how you don't do these things, you know, maybe like in the dating profile, how you're not full of drama and you, you know, and it's like you're, you're putting other people down by boasting about how great you are. Well, that's just another form of negativity and another way to just turn people off immediately to your brand. So we really have to avoid that too. I agree. I think it's really important as you're looking at how you position yourself in the market, how you position yourself as, you know, a person trying to connect with other people that 
instead of focusing on the negative in life, focus on the positive, right? Focus on what you want and let that be what shines through, right? I think this actually segues really nice, Julia, into the second thing to stop doing online, which is, is sort of like focusing on the wrong type of appearance, Exactly. So we're talking about the overall package here and who you are. Okay. So first one, we're going to avoid negativity. Now we need to focus on your appearance and let's just start right off the bat with what do you look like? And and does this match what you're trying to sell? Catherine, I'm going to start with you because you, this is part of the coaching that you do with your clients and working with them on, on their appearance, especially whether they're giving a presentation or whether they've just been promoted within their company. So talk a little bit about, um, if you don't mind, some of the tips you give as far as appearance. Yeah, well, you have to make sure that your profile picture across the board, whether it's, you know, you're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, one of the things is making sure that that matches your brand. So A, it looks the same across all platforms. So when someone Googles you, they look you up, there's not a question that that's not Alexis because there's 900 Alexis Smiths, right? They, she sees that when she's looking for somebody specifically, she goes, oh, that's Alexis Smith. She is blonde. She's wearing a suit. I saw that on LinkedIn. So it's, your appearance is really important. It's also, you know, we all know that you have a personal life, but it's really important to make sure that it's not too far off brand when someone's looking at your personal Facebook page or your personal Instagram page. Now I'm going to really generalize here. And I know that that's difficult because there are amazing investment bakers that are tattooed from top to bottom, I'm sure. But if you're looking for someone specific that um, has said that they're, you know, they're an investment banker, et cetera, et cetera. But then you see someone who just doesn't look like she could be an investment banker. You know, maybe she's, you know, sticking her tongue out in her profile picture and she's got a beer and she's in her backyard and she looks like a crazy person. Like that, that might not be the best picture to show on your Facebook page publicly if you're an investment banker. Just saying, because somebody is trying to look for someone who they deem, they think in their head looks like a responsible person. You may be a super responsible person and still look like what I just described, but to that person, that might not be their definition. So that's why I'm saying that. So appearance is very important online. And it's a hard topic to talk about because we don't want to make stereotypes. You know, none of us do. And we don't, it's hard to talk about the the stigmas that society, society places with what we look like. But the reality is everything we wear conveys information about us. And so, you know, it, it, we have to ask ourselves, you know, personally, I tend to dress maybe a little professionally. And even in my, you know, personal time, I'm, you know, so sometimes I, I think, okay, I need to just not be so serious about how I dress, right? That's just me. That's my style. But the, you know, the reality is that's because it's easy for me and I don't have to think about it. I just like where, no matter where I'm going, I'm kind of wearing the same thing. And, and that's just me. But so, I think we need to, you know, look at it and, you know, you know, your appearance describes how we feel about ourselves, what we think about ourselves. Are we taking time for ourselves? Are we well manicured? How are we conducting or acting? Are we going to be, like Catherine was saying, do we come across as being serious if we have a serious business or serious topic? And so these are things that we need to think about when it comes to how we dress. And of course, there are a lot of articles out there about what we should or shouldn't wear and, and why, you know, maybe the most brilliant people wear the same thing every day because then they don't have to think about it. But the point is, just think about what you're wearing uh, online and how that is um, giving the image for your personal brand. And also, let's talk about appearance in, in the way of not just our physical appearance, but the appearances of who we're connecting with online, whether it be friends on Facebook, 
um, you know, connections on LinkedIn, and maybe some connections that may not reflect well on who you are. Audrea, you work with attorneys, so and I know this comes up a lot as far as who should we be connecting with and who should we, you know, are they in our inner circle or not? And sometimes it gives that appearance. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think the most important things, especially if you're looking at like social media, is figuring out who's in your network and really protecting that network. When I coach attorneys and they say, well, should I just connect to anyone who connects with me on LinkedIn? The answer is no. If you don't know them, if they can't offer value to your network, if they're not someone who you know their quality of work, the answer is no. We all get a bunch of LinkedIn and, and Facebook and, and you know requests, Twitter requests for connections, all that stuff, right? We get that. The fact of the matter is, if you don't know them or you don't know of them and they're not adding to your, your network, then they're not valuable to you. So I think it's really important that as we are cultivating these relationships in our personal life and our professional life, that we are saying, if the outside world sees this, does this validate what I'm trying to say or does it invalidate? So a really good example is, you know, I work with attorneys and in a law firm and sometimes I purchase services, right? If someone cold reaches out to me in LinkedIn and I accept, and then they're just there to sell me something, that means they're going to go around and try to do that to other people. I don't want my connections seeing that someone who's just going through LinkedIn to try to cold sell and knows nothing about me, knows nothing about my business, knows nothing about how to serve me. I don't want to be connected to that. I want to be connected to people who sell um, valuable products and services, who learn about my needs first and then reach out. Or strangers who reach out uh via like LinkedIn or Facebook are not bad, right? But do they have a message as to why they think that connection is there? You know, if I, I reach out cold to people a lot actually and say, hey, I, you know, I saw these posts that you wrote. I'm re I really, really think you're a great writer. I love the sort of message you're sharing. I'd love to stay connected because I want to continue seeing your information. And, you know, if you're ever in Seattle, I'd love to take you out for a cup of coffee. So those types of connections can still add value. So it's not just about like stranger danger, right? But really, how are you cultivating this network? And does this network uh, validate what you're trying to build for yourself? That's good. And here's, I just want to mention one more thing too. Dig deep. Because I had a client a couple months ago who was selling specifically an investment app. And I asked them because they were a couple years out of college to really dig deep in their Instagram and Facebook because there were pictures from college up there that they did not want. I mean, they didn't know they wanted until I explained what it, that made them look like out there to the public. And they were looking specifically for big investors to invest into their company. So you have to really dig deep in your social media and look back into college and high school. Yep. Are those important pictures that you want to keep forever? Great. Download them, put them on your computer, save them on your hard drive, but they are not important for you to have out into the social media world. So it's really important for you not just to look at what you've posted in the last year, but what you may have years ago before you even thought about launching a company or being in this new company that you have. That is such a good point. You know, I think I, I constantly struggle with that idea of like my 21 year old me had a lot of fun versus like my, my current me really wants to be taken serious. And, and you still have a lot of fun though. Too. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's important um, to think about how, 
how that sort of history portrays now, and you can call it sexism, you can call it ageism, you can call it totally, you know, whatever. But the fact of the matter is people are going to look at you and they're going to tell a story and we can rage against what that story is all we want. And it doesn't change the fact that people are going to do that. And to a certain extent, you can't control it, but you can control what you allow out there and you can control that narrative. And so it's not about taking down the photos of you with a, you know, a beer pong game because there's anything wrong with you playing beer pong. You might be a really phenomenal beer pong player. That might be like your thing. (laughs) However, like you really need to think about like, is this serving me today? And the fact of the matter is it's, it's probably not. And if you can't control that narrative, then you're going to be at somebody else's behalf. And so I think that's really where this kind of comes to play. So number three, this is the third one that you want to avoid when it comes to your online brand, whether it's personal or professional. And that is sharing fake news, like quickly just seeing something, believing it and sharing it on your profile. It, it shows if it's, if it's, if you haven't checked the source and verified that it's actual real news and it's fake news, whether you've just shared that Brad Pitt is dead and it's, you know, you think it's quote unquote everywhere, but it's fake news. It makes, what does it make you look like? Like really think about that. Um, what does it make you look like when you realize that it's fake news? It makes you look gullible. It makes you look that you aren't maybe smart enough to go and look to see if it came from a reliable source it kind of makes you look like a goof. So um, we all know about what happened with the past election, et cetera, people sharing a lot of fake news. But there's obviously investigations that will go on forever, but really think about how it could have and it could in the future make your yourself look, whether you're um, looking for something professionally or personally online. I have historically told attorneys in my coaching, you are considered an expert by proxy when you share out expert sources. So when you share out fake news, you by proxy lose so much credibility. And not only are you losing credibility for your brand, your company, but you know, I talk to clients all the time. If you are curating news online, right? So like attorneys or, you know, you might be um, even a doctor and you are sharing information that is relevant to your audience and they are looking to you for that information. You are their resource on this information and you're suddenly without knowing it because you haven't done your homework and maybe it's unintentional. You're not, you know, there's nothing malicious about it, but you're sharing something that is going to potentially hurt them or at least give them this misconception. You are suddenly, you know, you've broken your brand. You are no longer going to be a reliable source. And if you have been working, it doesn't matter how long you've been curating this information or how long you've been, you know, seen as a resource. All it takes is one time one time of sharing misinformation or sharing a bad story and your credibility is gone. So you could spend years working to build your name, working to build your thought leadership because it's not just for companies, it's for individuals too. So if you're out there as a professional or even personally sharing information, all it takes is one time. Okay, quick recap. Here are the three things that you're doing wrong online and you need to work on. Number one, negativity, get rid of it. Number two, your appearance. Make sure that it matches what you're trying to sell. And number three, sharing fake news. Don't wreck your credibility. So there are the three things you may be doing wrong online right now while trying to attract people to your brand personally or professionally. 
Join us as we continue this conversation online, thinktankof3.com. We blog each week. Subscribe now, and you'll get a first alert email when that next blog comes out. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Pick the platform of your choice and follow the conversation there. And be sure to join our private group on Facebook where we can all give and get advice freely. That's why we've made it private. Just look for the group in the community section on our Facebook page for Think Tank of Three. In our next podcast, we're going to talk about visualization. It is something that keeps coming up for me personally in the last couple of years. You may have heard about it. You may have heard, maybe you've skimmed an article on Forbes or Huffington Post, or you've seen it on Inc. Uh, you can use visualization personally and professionally when it comes to attracting money to you. So if you're trying to make more money, with, like who isn't? or trying to get new clients, or trying to get a job that you have always dreamed about getting, our next podcast is all about how visualization may actually help you. So if you have any kind of questions or topics, please send them to us. Send a message to thinktankof3 at gmail.com.